Hey everyone, and welcome to Be The Leader You Deserve podcast, where my mission is to inspire you to ask yourself, are you the leader you deserve? Hi, I'm Jill Handley, and I am so excited to be here with you today. This is season six, episode 21. Who counsels the counselors? Creating sustainable systems to combat counselor burnout. So last week we discussed imposter syndrome, what it is, how it shows up, and what you can do about it. This week, y'all, I am so excited because I have a very special guest with me. Yep, it's my former co-host, Dr. Laura Donnelly. (laughs) Now, since you've lost her from Laura, she's been very busy, and one of the things she's been engaged in is she was a guest on NPR's In Conversation with Rick Howlett. Ooh, how impressive. (laughs) (laughs) Now, in Laura's episode, she talked about the pandemic's effect on how kids are learning, developing, and socializing. As educators, we know how much trauma students experienced during the pandemic and how much mental health support they have needed since they've returned. And we have also, on this podcast, talked about the support that teachers need because of the burnout they are experiencing due to secondary and tertiary trauma. Well, last week at our school, we were visited by Dr. Damian Sweeney and his amazing team from the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Belonging Division of the Kentucky Department of Education. Whew, what a mouthful. (laughs) We were so excited to have them because it gave us an opportunity to share the great success that we are having at Kenwood as a result of our intentionality with our systems and structures to support students and staff. Now, while they were there, they gave us some really great feedback and think abouts. Um, And Dr. Sweeney and his team, um, we are so excited to work with them in the future based on a lot of the conversations that we had. But now as we talked about the work that Laura is doing to support the mental health needs of our students and staff, the overwhelming question that we continue to get from the entire team, like in different parts of the day, they all pulled me to the side and said, this is so great what you all are doing. I love this. This is great. But we have to know. Who is supporting Laura? Well, I mean, you all know that Laura and I are like the best of friends outside of school. So I was like, well, man, you know, we're really great friends outside of school. But you all, the truth is, yes, I'm a great friend and I'm a great listener um, and I'm a great sidekick. But the truth is, I'm not a trained counselor. And the other truth is, is that most school dynamics of the admin team the principal and counselor don't necessarily have the same relationship that Laura and I have. So that comfort level of unloading um, is not always there. So after the team's visit, Laura and I began to talk more about this topic. And so I decided that, you know what, this was a really great one to bring to all of you all. So welcome back, Laura. Thank you. It feels so good to be back. And as a guest this time. I know, right? So Laura, this is um, this is a really great topic. Um, and, and you know, I think it's always like, you know, I can kind of see as your friend, you know, what do you need, friend? What do you need, friend? But mm-hmm. the truth is that is a lot. That's a lot of... Um, for lack of a better word, dumping that you get every single day when you are, and I would say most counselors across the nation are in that triage mode every minute almost of every single day, which is a lot for you to take home. <laughs> so who, to the, the, to the question that Dr. Sweeney and his team posed, who does support the counselor? 
Do you remember when I paused when they they finally posed the question to me, and you said, "Well, me, of course." <laughs> and it's true. Um, I don't know who it would be if I didn't have Jill. Um, and the, the nice thing about having Jill is not only is she my best friend, but she's also part of the same admin team. So we're working with the same students and I'm not breaking confidentiality. And there's so much comfort in that interaction, right? And so if you don't have somebody on your admin team that you can talk to and just close the door and have somebody to listen to, there were so many questions that I started thinking about or so many things I started reflecting on afterwards because when they posed the question to me, um, basically like who takes care of you? I was like, Hmm, I don't, I don't really know the answer to that, that question. Um, but what I did start thinking about, I do have Jill and I, I appreciate her friendship more than she knows. Um, and I do have friends within the school setting that I can talk to and not break confidentiality. Um, but the reality is not everybody in my position has someone like that. And I, I do get a lot of dumping and there is a lot of responsibility and I can't possibly meet all of the needs of our 575 kids because they're just, there are so many big needs, right? Um, and helping support staff stay just emotionally um, present and, and able to deal with all of the secondary trauma. Um, some of the supports that we've put in place this year have been amazing and I have enjoyed every minute I've gotten to spend with staff. Um, it's not anything that I've gotten to do before this year really in this capacity, um, but I've enjoyed it. There are t periods of time where I felt like my well is dry though, and that's just the, the, the truth. Um, and during that time, I'd say one thing, something that I've reflected on a lot is just the sustainability throughout the year. And what do I do to make it sustainable? Because I don't feel like that all, all the time. Um, some of the things that I've done, we've talked about in the past, like deleting email from my phone. I still have the Outlook app, but I don't get notifications. So I have to specifically go into the app to be doing something or looking for something to use it. So I don't get notifications. It's, it doesn't come through my mail on my phone anymore. Um, and so if, if I go home, I'm not getting those notifications. And really this year I've focused on being more present with my daughter because at the beginning of the year we had some stickier situations where I was feeling the need to respond to parents late at night. Um, and I remember one night uh, my daughter MK was in the bathtub and I was trying to respond to a teacher and a parent and she kept saying mommy mommy and I and I was like hold on baby hold on hold on and then finally she said mommy why aren't you playing with me and it was like that moment that it took I was like okay she is my priority and when she is here she will be my priority and no longer am I responding to text messages and I think that was about the time that I sent out a staff and I, an email a wellness Wednesday email to staff and I shared that story and it's funny because so many people say I'm so sorry I was gonna text you after six o'clock last night I just decided not to I'm just gonna send you an email instead and I appreciate that people have respected those boundaries and when they send an email, if I'm in my email, then I've purposely checked it, right? Um, so that's on me. But really setting boundaries with work and home 
have made it a little bit more sustainable this year because the truth of the matter is you can't just keep going, going, going and not stop to rest and recharge or, or it's not sustainable. And I think, um, I know we've talked about this before, but, um, you know, those, those boundaries are a tricky one because as, as caregivers, let's just call it that. And the, you know, the healing, helping profession, we do have that obligation, you know, we're so excited to have the kids back, but it is a lot of heaviness. You know, I, um, I had a principal one time who would talk to me about every time somebody shares something that's heavy for them, it's like these monkeys that just keep jumping on your back and weighing you down and weighing you down and weighing you down and weighing you down. Um, you know, and then Laura talked about the well being empty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's, that's a tough place to be because you can't give what you don't have. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then it starts to feel like some sort of resentment. And, and I don't mean resentment towards staff or, but, but just kind of it's, it's, you're no longer enjoying your job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Another thing that, um, I think I have done to make it more sustainable this year to at the beginning of the year, I felt because there was a sub shortage, a staff shortage. If anybody was missing, it was like there was this guilt that I had to be at work every minute of every day because I was adding more to someone's plate if I wasn't there. And that's still true. But, but the truth of the matter is I remember, I think there was one day in October I was like, I've, I have got to take a day and just go be in the woods, go hiking, because that's my place. And if I don't, I'm not going to be able to support anybody else in this building. And so guess what? I took the day. Um, <clears throat> I took a day in April. Um, and I will continue to do that going forward because not not all the time, but just taking a mental health day to get myself back together when I'm feeling like my well is dry, that has been a game changer for me this year too. And even though it does, because I'm the only counselor in the building for 575 students, there's no no substitute that can come in and just automatically have relationships and rapport with students and they're going to spill all of their stuff to them. So for that day, people just maintain for me, right? And some of our other support staff can step in. Um, it does add more work to other people's plates, but that's one thing that I would like to suggest to other people going forward. Are you able to take a, a mental health day here and there just to get yourself back together so you can pour into everybody else? Well, and I think um, <clears throat> part of the importance of that, too, is when we talked about this from the beginning, is having that strong admin team unit yes. and understanding um, kind of like the inner workings of how you support one another. You know, we always joke, uh, Laura and I and our assistant principal, we always have this joke of like, all right, y'all, I'm needy this week. and But it never feels like, oh, you know, I, I never feel bad about saying that because the three of us, it truly is. It's an ebb and flow. We we always know that, don't worry, I got you. Um, in mm-hmm. fact, you know, it's kind of like that. That's kind of our thing is we got you. You know, mm-hmm. we got you. We got you. Um, and so we are so blessed to have yes. that opportunity. I know as the building principal, you know, it is a trifecta of teams. But yes. I also know that that is not the case everywhere. You know, you all have heard me talk about, um, mm-hmm. I've been, I've had the great fortune of being able to hire Laura as my counselor. I've been able to 
have the decision in hiring Jamila, our assistant principal. Um, but not everybody, not every principal falls into that. You know, sometimes they inherit a staff that they, you know, either A, have they're new and they haven't developed relationships or they've attempted and, and there are just so many underlying maybe toxic issues that are going on that they, that it, it just doesn't flow like that. In fact, I know it doesn't. Gosh, how many years ago was it Laura and I were asked to present um, at, to all the counselors yes. um, in our district, um, just around the systems and structures that we have as an admin team. And I think I remember after that, like how many people were reaching out, like counselors are reaching out to Laura <laughs> left to right. And I was getting all these things from principals, like, what did you say to the counselors? <laughs> like they're all wanting, to, they're all wanting a, us to act like you all, what did you all say? But, but the truth is, is that it really is being intentional um, with those systems and structures as an admin team. So how, what suggestions do you have for leaders, <laughs> building administrators, um, whether they do or they don't, or, you know, what are some steps that you think that if they're not doing, that they can be doing as the building leader? Because you've given some really great suggestions on what counselors can do to kind of mm-hmm. pour into themselves. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as the principal, it's my responsibility, not as your friend, yes, mm-hmm. but as your boss and principal, to take care of you and everyone else in the building as well. So what are some steps that you think that, that building administrators can take to start to put, um, I don't know if safeguards are the right word, mm-hmm. but, but ways to allow, to keep the counselor, to, I'm going to say, quote, unquote, take care of the counselor. <clears throat> so as you were talking about how, you know, sometimes building principals don't have that they might not have that relationship or whatever the case may be the opposite may be true where the counselor may have an authoritative principal or someone who who doesn't necessarily care about taking care of the counselor and so those people are going to have to be um really creative in how they take care of themselves because they're not going to necessarily have that support. But if you are a principal looking for ways to support your counselor, which we know all of these listeners are. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, I think honestly, being mindful of your counselor's downtime, and I don't mean like that hour of planning that we have, right? Because that doesn't exist. But I mean, like, even if you're a staff, and you walk into the space where your counselor is eating and you say, I'm sorry, I know you're eating, but you aren't sorry because you wouldn't say but and still ask your question. I think setting some some healthy boundaries just as a staff, like if you walk in and I know t- schedules are tight and time is tight, but respecting the, the few minutes that we actually have to eat would is like everything, right? Um And that goes for all staff. I would say the same thing about principals, too, because you don't have anybody supporting you either. It's not just me as the counselor. You don't have anybody supporting you. There is no, unless your superintendent's coming to support you, which I (laughs) doubt they are. It's the same thing for principals. Um, I think, honestly, boundaries are so important both in, in during the school day and out of the school day. Respecting those little moments of time that are just like, typically we're both shoveling food in our our mouths and most of the time it's while we're meeting anyways but if we're not we have like two minutes of of peace like really I think that is one way to just give somebody grace and let them eat 
Um, and, you know, that's funny because it sounds like such a small thing, mm-hmm. but it's such mm-hmm. a huge thing. And I know I asked you about yourself and counselors because mm-hmm. that really is what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. But since you brought it up, <laughs> because you're exactly right, like like the the days that I do remember to eat, I, I finally am sitting there and, you know, and people, do you have just a moment? And, and of course, you never want to turn anyone away mm-hmm. because it is an open door policy and everyone's struggling. But it is you really do want to say, like. No, I just, I just want to finish this bowl yeah. of soup. Like that's all yeah. you want to say. So that sounds like a small thing, but it really is a big thing. I'm not, I'm, I'm not kidding. I cannot tell you the number of times that somebody, somebody has walked in while I've been eating and said, "I'm so sorry. Do you have a minute?" And I just want to cry. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's the, that's a true story. Um, you know, Laura. Something else um, as we're talking <coughs> about this that that I'm thinking about too is that, you know, the majority of building administrators, principals and assistant principals, some of them have been counselors and that's been the trajectory they've Mm -hmm. been on. But I would say more than not, many of them have not ever been a counselor. So what role do you think not understanding the true nature and how to I don't want to say properly utilize a counselor mm-hmm. uh, because I feel like, you know, we've got an amazing system. Mm-hmm. Well, at least that's what Dr. Sweeney said. <laughs> uh, but, um, and, and, and others, you know, we, we get people mm-hmm. all the time coming to see the setup that we have to, you know, to help support what they're doing in their building. But, but how often um, do you think it has, what it has to do with the problems or the challenges is because the principal doesn't understand necessarily how to utilize their counselor in a way that is supporting the building-wide needs? That's an interesting question, but also (laughs) I think especially in our district, counselors have been used for so many different things like chairing special education meetings and um, running all of the district and state assessments. And Counselors have had a variety of roles and responsibilities, and principals get to to determine a lot of what they do. Um, however, I think because of the various roles, and it's not consistent from building to building, at least it's not in her district, um, what a counselor does from school to school looks different. And so I don't think people actually know what we do. <laughs> and honestly, I'd be willing to say sometimes people in our, in our own building might not even really know what I do. Cause at the end of the day, it's been such a hodgepodge of triaging different high needs that sometimes I leave the building and I don't know what I did that day. <laughs> um, but I think having an honest conversation with your admin team about your roles and responsibilities, but like as a counselor, um, giving the SRSS screener this school year um, shaped a lot of what I do in my roles and responsibilities. And we saw how high our mental health needs were. So it couldn't be that I was seeing 150 students who fell into tier three for internalizing behaviors, it had to be more of a tier one approach. And so I think for the counselor, the more that we share what we're actually doing and we get buy-in with staff, with instruction, our instructional leadership teams, um, using data to actually drive what we're doing um, we, you can get more buy-in. People know what you're doing. Share your calendar so people know 
like when they try to schedule a meeting with you, oh, she's in such and such class, so I can't do it then. Let me see if I can block off this time. Um, respecting calendars. So if I'm supposed to be in a classroom, please don't ask me to cover the cafeteria, right? Like all of those things are huge in supporting, being able to support student needs. And I think um, you do such a great job, Laura, of really advocating for the importance of the work of a counselor. And I know that for the counselors who are listening, you're like, well, duh. But <laughs> but really, because you're right, if you've not been in the role, and then I would also say leaders who are listening, mm-hmm. understanding how does that role of the counselor fit into the bigger picture and vision of what you have for your school. Because I know you are an instrumental piece of our MTSS for behavior system. Um, You know, you play such a huge role in those proactive supports that we have in place for kiddos. Um, But, you know, that might be something that people don't even connect the dots to. So it Mm -hmm. feels like, well, here's the work the school's doing. Here's the work the counselor's doing. Like they're siloed Mm -hmm. pieces of work. And so I I think, you know, one of the things that I know that we're extra proud of is just the way that we really... um, help the staff understand the inner and our families Mm -hmm. understand the interconnectedness of the work that we're doing. It's funny because I didn't really, I, I was on a flight, I think from San Francisco back to uh, Louisville, Kentucky. And I was sitting next to um, two people that I didn't know. I was flying by myself and the person sitting next to me was reading a trauma informed care book. And I was like, (laughs) imagine that. Yeah. What do you got over there? It turned out he was a principal of a build. Um, I think he was in Arizona. Um, and I'll never forget that conversation with him because until that conversation, I never realized, because Jill and I have a great relationship, but I never realized how important just a calendar can be. And and this is what he told me. He said when he got to, um, got the role of the principal, he really didn't understand what his counselors did. Um, and so he was like trying to schedule them and uh, like do some uh, lunchroom coverage and all of these things. And so his counselors started sharing their calendar with him. And they, he said, they've never told me no outright. But what they'll say is, I'm sharing my calendar with you because I already have this scheduled during this time. I'm absolutely willing to help you, but I can't during that time because I'm already in this classroom. And he was like, okay, I appreciate that. Um, so just the calendar alone and, and honestly, the, um, structure that we have as an admin team with our admin meetings that start Mm -hmm. the week, it allows us all to kind of share what we're doing and make sure the work that we're all doing is interconnected. Um, you know, and something you said right there um, makes me think, and, and, and we're at the elementary level, so to Laura's point, she's our only counselor. We only have one assistant principal, but I think a lot of times in middle and high schools, um, and, and let me preface it with, I have never been a middle or high school principal, so I, this, there is no shade that I'm throwing, but I think what happens a lot of times is that the the um, the role of counselor and AP gets blurred, mm-hmm. um, and and what I mean by that is oftentimes I think counselors are are used on that reactive end mm-hmm. to um, and sometimes you know let's face it when we're in triage mode it's all hands on deck but mm-hmm. I think if I could give some advice I would think that the sooner that you can get to setting up a system to where there is the counselor is used for those proactive mm-hmm. supports you would see less and less of a need 
to be on the back end. And I know, you know, Laura keeps talking about the cafeteria duty. Um, you know, I, I think about that because I know APs, particularly at Millen High School, like that's a big part of their day, right? And let's face it, we need adult supervision in the cafeteria. But I know um, when Laura goes in there and like our assistant principal or myself go into the cafeteria, it looks different. When Laura's in there, you know, she's having like a lunch bunch. And that's not to say that the AP and I don't or maybe you're, but it really is, it's still kind of like counseling, if you will, you know, just having those conversations, you know, she might've gotten a phone call from a family, you know, there was a divorce or a death or something that happened. And so, you know, instead of pulling the kiddo who might be a little timid or whatever, let's just go have lunch with them. So, so just being creative, I think with your schedule as well. So that's, that's a really great suggestion. Now, during your visit, now during the visit when Dr. Sweeney and his team were there, you also talked one-on-one with Heather Bush, Bushelman, um, who is the program coordinator for the comprehensive school counseling for our entire state. Wow, talk about a big job. Um, and you all talked about um, some ideas to support this very thing that we're talk- talking about. Wow, talk about two powerhouses in one room trying to brainstorm. <laughs> now, I know that you all brainstormed a lot of great ideas. But I have to ask, um, because Heather is one person for the Mm -hmm. state, Mm -hmm. you are one counselor for our building, Mm -hmm. one of the things that, regardless of how great the idea is, if there's no sustainability, then it's just that. It's, you know, I like to call those pop-up shop ideas. Mm -hmm. So did you all get a chance to talk about sustainability? Well... So I'll be honest, when we were uh, meeting, one of the first things Heather asked me was, who's supporting you? Um, Which was a question I got a lot that day. (laughs) Um, And I didn't have a good answer while the two of us were talking. Um, But we talked more about just my role at Kenwood, all of the things that we were doing there. Um, And as I reflected that night, like, I was thinking more about the sustainability piece, the things that I've been doing to make things sustainable for me this year. I started thinking about, like, I have a great relationship with Jill. I also have a great relationship with um, our counselor lead here in the district, Michelle, Dr. Michelle Searcy. Um, and, but I also have a group, uh, like a, um, a professional learning community of other counselors that I get to meet with on a regular basis as well. So I started thinking about across the state of Kentucky, there are some rural districts where there may only be one counselor in the entire district or, or one elementary school. And how lonely must that be? Um, so I emailed Heather later on that night and I was just like, you know, I, the more I've thought about this, I have people, I do have people, I have a network of people here in our district that I can reach out to if I need something. But if I was a counselor in a rural district who had no one, I can't imagine what that must look like or feel like. And so, um, like, what is a way that we could put a network together for other counselors in that situation in rural districts or even maybe who've are in a district where there are other counselors but feel like they're in a silo. Like, how can we network and make connections um, with counselors across the the state? And I know that's a big task and a big ask, and um, hopefully we'll get to talk about that at some point because I'd love to help her craft that or create it Um, because I do feel passionate about that work. If I was in a silo by myself and my well was dry, I don't know what I would do because I'd – this point in the school year I feel like everybody's hit that point Mm -hmm. where they're like ready for summer and Mm -hmm. so a lot of people are probably feeling like their well is dry but what if you don't have somebody to talk to 
Um, we, we have nine days left with students, but that's a long nine days if you're in a silo <laughs> by yourself. It, it absolutely um, is, which makes me think, um, you know, I think that's a great suggestion of just, you know, just a professional learning network. So because, you know, sometimes I think particularly if, to your point, if you're in a, in a silo, feeling like, oh, I'm the only one who feels like that. So mm-hmm. sometimes just knowing that you're not alone takes a little bit of that heaviness off your chest and to mm-hmm. hear not that not the old adage of misery loves company but like okay I'm not the only one this mm-hmm. is you know because I think sometimes when you start to struggle you feel like you're doing something or you're quite mm-hmm. doing something wrong so so hearing that and then tossing ideas off of one another uh you know I would um I think that is a great suggestion uh you know the other thing I would say too is just um as that work starts to get crafted, thinking about what does that team approach look like? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I say this all the time, I, I'm very passionate about this in, in that you can have a building full of amazing teachers. You could have a building full or, or one dynamic best counselor in the nation. The truth of the matter is, is that if your leader is not one that understands the big picture and is kind of driving that vision through a systems and structures team approach, mm-hmm then I think it's going to eventually feel like you're just in the mud with your wheel spinning. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like teaching teams how to work more collaboratively, that would be a really powerful network to have um, across the state. And I think that's something that um, that schools don't always think about, you know, because there are, and, and I know they don't, professionally we don't, because let's face it, there are, counselor conferences there are principal conferences there are teacher conferences and yeah there are conferences that are that are you know for everybody but let's face it you and I've presented at several conferences and they always ask us who's your intended audience and I recognize that that one size can't fit all but the more I think about it it's rare that you you see an approach that is kind of like an administrative team support approach or administrative team network uh, to be able to understand those systems and structures because we didn't get to where we're at overnight like this I've been at this for 15 years you know and and learning at I will say that one of the struggles as as a principal too is understand not only understanding the role but understanding how to properly utilize the strengths of all the people on your team well, and the systems and structures we've created over time together, that that single-handedly is what makes things flow and work for us, and it's been a lot of trial and error, and I feel like it's finally like a fine-tuned system, um, and th- that's not to say there's not more work to do, but um, working in that collaborative effort 100%, it, I would love some like quantitative data on what the effect is on um an efficient team on like test scores because I bet it's amazing I I, I guarantee it. I guarantee it um, in fact you know there's lots of there's lots of uh work out there that just talks about you know collective efficacy in general mm-hmm. uh lots about um the trust and relationships of mm-hmm. teams but I don't know that I've come across and I'm not saying it's not out there mm-hmm. I just haven't come across it I would be interested as well to understand like maybe that's some of the work we can do yeah. <laughs> and I know we talk about qualitative data all the time but I would be interested in that quantitative data same same um because i guarantee it's there only because um well i mean let's just face it as we've improved our teaming and our own systems Mm -hmm. 
through that uh, refined collective work as an admin team that supports the students, staff, and families of our school, mm-hmm. we've seen everything quantitatively and qualitatively yes. elevate. So, uh, you know, I think we could, uh, we could be our own case study. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. One thing that I do want to plug before, um, before we wrap up, I don't know where we are in the podcast, but because it, it feels weird to kind, it kind of feels weird to be on this side. <laughs> um, counselors and people in helping professions in general are the worst people at actually seeking help <laughs> when you need it. So when your well is dry or depleted or negative five, right? Use your employee assistance program for mental health support. Use the therapy network that you have. I know it's limited right now. Um, We are the worst at using it, but it's something that we all have to do at some point. So if you were there and you were needing it um, and you're needing resources, Psychology Today is amazing to Google um, people in your area. You can even sort by insurance, by specific male, female, whatever you're, look, you're looking for. Um, so just a plug for your own mental health. And um, building leaders, what I would say is don't forget to check on your counselors. Um, we all have heavy loads now, but our counselors are are getting all of our heavy loads piled on top of them. So just making sure you're mindful of that and that, um, like I say, that secondary and tertiary trauma that they're experiencing, and when they, especially when they have nowhere to pour it out to. All right, so as we wrap up today, Laura, um, you know, I always ask this question. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> What three words <laughs> would you say that other people who know you would use to describe you? She should have totally known this was coming, right? This is... Oh, oh my gosh. All right. So, one of the... One of the words that Dr. Polio used, I would, I would agree for me, too. Which is stubborn. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. Um, passionate, um, I don't know, I feel like, like, um, helper, healer, like that. All right, I would agree with all of those. <laughs> I would might say persistent instead of stubborn, or maybe those two go together. I, I don't know. I don't know. Laura, well, it's been so great having you back, and it's really been interesting it's having great. it in this capacity as well. Um, this is such a timely topic. Um, and I know that counselors, if you're listening, Laura provided a lot of great information today. And building leaders, if you are listening, please, please, please check on your counselors. All right, Laura, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, Who Counsels the Counselors? Creating Sustainable Systems to Combat Counselor Burnout. Please share with your friends by using the social media buttons you see at the bottom of the post. I'd really love to hear from other school administrators about the strategies that you're using to support your counselors. I'd also love to hear from other counselors. Send me a message and let me know what your administrator does to make you feel supported or what you wish they would do to make you feel supported. 
Now, if this is your first episode or you've not listened to the entire first, second, third, fourth, fifth, or the rest of this sixth season, I really would love to know what you think. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to get automatic update updates for the Be The Leader You Deserve podcast. In fact, go ahead and do it right now. I'll wait for you. And friends, if we aren't connected on Twitter and LinkedIn, let's change that status. Finally, please take a minute to leave an honest review and rating on Apple Podcast. They really help me out when it comes to the ranking of the show, and I make it a point to read every single one of the reviews that I get. All right, friends, have a great week. And don't forget to ask yourself, am I the leader I deserve? And what am I doing about it?